0: Welcome to the Private Practice Academy podcast, where we share the formula for building and scaling a sustainable and profitable group practice without sacrificing your freedom and life in the process. I'm Kirsten Anderson-Ridge, and I'm a clinical and counseling psychologist and business mentor. And I'm passionate about helping you to create, build, and sustain a profitable private practice. I've made the leap from solo practitioner to group practice owner, and created my own separate income stream i'll share with you how to have a successful group practice and the time to create other income streams without feeling you have to choose between one or the other i'm going to share my journey and invite other therapists to share theirs so you too can create the practice you've always desired if you're ready to start making your practice work for you you're in the right place let's dive in Welcome back to the Private Practice Academy podcast. Today, I wanted to talk with you about something that most, particularly group, practice owners don't like to talk about, and that is money and how that impacts. So more specifically, I wanted to talk with you about an experience that I have had on more than one occasion since starting my group practice about five years ago. I guess the day that I recall the most is the day that I nearly closed my practice. Now, to give some context to that, I had an admin person, a bookkeeper, a marketing manager, myself, four staff. So one employee and three contractors. And I can recall ringing my admin person and saying to her, "I don't think I can do this anymore. I actually can't do this anymore. I can't be worried about where money is going to come from to pay the staff. I can't think about how to deal with all of the bills. I'm struggling with the constancy of running a group practice." I sort of said to her. I don't want to watch the bank account go down and down and down and down and worry about how to pay the staff. I said, I think I've had enough. So, my admin manager was amazing, continues to be amazing to this day. But she sort of said to me, I can understand I'm a business owner too. And I hear you. And look, to be honest, did I want her to problem solve? Did I want her to make it all better? oh gosh, sometimes that would be nice, wouldn't it? But that's not actually what I wanted. I actually wanted someone at the end of the phone to say to me, Kirsten, I understand, I hear you, and I'm here for you, which is exactly what she said. It was a really nice conversation. And she didn't say to me, oh, but you've got people um, relying on you. Well, what will I do if you do that? Or what will your staff do if that happens? I was so grateful for that. I do remember though that one thing that she did say is, why don't you talk to the bookkeeper and have a chat with her and see if you can't work out some things that you could do. And you know what? This was a real turning point for me because at the end of the day, why were things going so badly? Well, I did a lot of things when I first started um, my group practice. I still had a lot of my own Clients that I was still seeing. I was doing a lot of supervision and I was busy. I was still seeing at least six clients a day and trying to run a group practice. And I was just finding that everything was frustrating. Everything was not going well. I just didn't have enough time to do what I needed to do. And I found that it was draining. I was finding that I wasn't having time for the family. I was being, I think, grumpy, irritable, and just flat. And I was just allowing the practice to dictate my mood, which is really unlike me. Normally, I'm pretty buoyant. Normally, I can go with the flow. And normally, I can pick up where I leave off. But I decided a conversation with a bookkeeper would be good. And she said to me, Kirsten, you know, having a practice, being in business, it's hard. And one of the things that you will need to learn to do is to go with the ups, go with the downs and not let them bowl you over. And I really did feel like at that point in time, I was letting it bowl me over. So I thought to myself, oh, am I going to close the doors? what would I do if I closed the doors? I thought to myself, well, I actually don't know. I still don't know the answer to that question really, because I thought to myself, do I want to go back now given that I don't have a client load? I have a few people that I supervise. I have my staff that I supervise and I, you know, talk to my mentoring clients really. I don't necessarily have a client load. Do I want to, in fact, go back into the one-to-one model and back on the tools? And I thought, no, no, I don't. I've come too far for that. I still think about that day, though, because it was such a turning point for me because I thought to myself, well, hmm, what am I doing wrong? Like, you know, and here's me who was an accountant before I was a psychologist. I'm thinking to myself, oh, Kirsten, what are you doing wrong? I had an accountant. I had a bookkeeper. I thought I was doing all the right things. Then I thought to myself, let's think about the accountant. Now, the accountant that I had at the time, I'd had for years. It was an accountant that I'd had when I was a solo. And I was a solo practitioner, solo entrepreneur, I suppose, or solopreneur for 15 years And having the accountant that I had at the time was great. But I thought to myself, I actually need some more business advice. And yes, I did accounting and could I give myself advice? Well, I guess that's like giving advice to yourself in therapy, isn't it? Sometimes you need someone else, someone else to tell you. So at that point, I thought to myself, right, I need to make some changes. I need to find myself a new accountant. So I did. I found myself an accountant who deals mainly with psychologists, therapists, someone who really understands the business, understands when I say, oh, Medicare, oh, um, APRA, all of those types of things, someone who's going to get that, someone who understands that I would like some advice on not just tax accounting, but I would like advice on, on everything you know, um, KPIs, uh, cancellations, you might think, well, surely you can work out your own cancellation policy. Well, yes, I can, but I wanted some outside advice. I needed somebody to say to me, okay, this is what I think. This is what an outsider's perspective is. And I can honestly say to you, saying goodbye to my accountant who I had had for such a long time was really hard because You become, I don't know, not that they become necessarily friends, although accountants can be friends with clients, but at the end of the day, it was difficult to say goodbye. But I knew that I needed to have an accountant who could give me broader advice beyond tax. I wanted to have someone I could plan the business with. So I'm going to have Phil on to my podcast in the new year and he can share some of the secrets that he shared with me because he has been nothing short of amazing. So what I do now is I make sure that when all of the income comes in, the minute that it does, money goes off to the rent account, money goes off for land tax, um, council rates. It all goes into different accounts. I have an account for wages, superannuation, tax, I have everything that I need to run the practice. I sat down because my accountant said to me, how, how much money do you need to run this practice? Yes, exactly, stunned silence because that's how I felt. I didn't know and I thought to myself, here's me being an accountant and in an old life, a long time ago, but why don't I know that? Like I know surface wise, exactly what's needed. But I sat down and I looked at my numbers and I thought, gosh, this is a shock. It was a shock to work it out. And I thought I need to have this type of income for the practice before I even make a profit. So I think at the end of the day, for me, sitting down and being intimate with my numbers was the first step. To thinking to myself, actually, if I run this practice properly, I don't need to close the doors. So that was absolutely pivotal for me to think to myself about closing the doors. Do I still have some very tough days where I think to myself, hmm, do I want to close the doors? Hmm. Well, here's the thing my accountant and I sat down the other day because now we have quarterly uh, business meetings. And these go for roughly about an hour. And we talked about the money that came through the practice and the money that I'd made for me. And I said to him, now, Phil, last time we spoke, we had a bit of a conversation about whether you think this is worthwhile. And he was a little bit back then, a bit touch and go. So I said to him, what's your thought now? And he said to me, Kirsten, the business is going quite well. He sort of said, but the question will always remain, does the amount of stress that's caused from having a business, from being in the business, from working in the business, working on the business, does that stress cause you more than is good for you, even though you're making a profit? That's the question that will always hang in the air. He said, and only you can answer that question. He said, but having systems, having policies, constantly reviewing the business processes and thinking outside the box will always help you to do that. So I now think to myself, I'm not going to close the doors. I've put too much effort in. I do still have bad days, as I say, but I think what's important to acknowledge in this episode is that closing the doors or wanting to close the doors or having enough in a private practice happens. It happens to even the most successful people. It happens to people that run a practice with every good intention. So more recently, I got a message on Messenger from a colleague saying, Kirsten, I'm so overwhelmed today in my business that I want to close the doors. So I replied back and said, I hear you. We've all been there. I think it's important to acknowledge that it's hard. But have a look at your systems. Have a look at what it is that's hard. What could you be doing differently? But I thought the most important message to get across to my colleague was, hey, this stuff happens. This stuff is real. And it doesn't go away. Something that my accountant did also say to me, he sort of said there's two people, two lots of um, different people that go into business. And he said only one survives business. So two types. Ones that go in thinking, I'm going to work in the business, I'm going to just manage the business, I'm going to go in, do the day-to-day and hope for the best. Then there's the other type of person who goes in, has plans, has policies, has a direction, has KPIs and do you know what, for the most part, both work to a point but your difference is you've got to have the grit and the grime to deal with the ups and the downs because sometimes you think to yourself, okay, you've done a forecast for the week and you've gone, okay, this is what's going to come in. Then cancellations can hit. Then people might be sick, clients or your staff. And then all of a sudden you're watching five to $6,000 go down the drain that you're actually not going to get back. But rather than think like that, it's important to think, okay, how can I have a buffer for this? How can I make sure that if this happens, or should I say when this happens, that I can manage and it doesn't absolutely floor me. So you're not at a point where you can barely talk to your partner. You've barely got any energy to speak to your kids, which can happen. It's happened to me on occasion and it's happened to many private practice owners that I know of. So my thought process here is there are those two people, but the difference is the grit and the grime. It's having that mindset And I'm going to do a couple of podcasts next year on mindset because I think it's so important because at the end of the day, what separates people? It is a mindset. It's a mindset that you can survive, but it's also knowing how you're going to survive. Numbers don't lie. So if your numbers line up, if you're putting money aside for your practice, this is going to help. But what I will say to you is you're going to have those days. I can't say to you, be ready for those days because you're not going to be ready for those days. And you know what? If you've had words with your partner, if there's been a staff issue, if the car's broken down, I find that I'm pretty good. If there's one or two things, give me four or five and I'm not too happy. And I think that most of us are the same. I think as therapists, we're pretty resilient people, but bear in mind, this is something that's going to happen. So what can you do aside from what I've suggested? Well, reach out to colleagues. I do think as much as in the beginning when I first started with my coaching and mentoring, that having a business coach seemed to me a little superfluous. Why can't I work this stuff out? But, you know, it was so good to have someone else to talk to. So I think get yourself a good mentor. Get yourself a good supervisor. Have someone that's outside of the business as well that you can talk to that you can just ring up and say, ah, this is happening to me. And today I feel like closing the business. But I'm going to say to you that today I don't feel like closing the business. I wanted to say to you, it's real. So I hope that me talking about this openly has helped you and given you some ideas of what you can do And also to say, I hear you. It's so important as business owners that we say to each other, as practice owners as well, I hear you. I'm here for you. Reach out. That's all that I have time for today. Take care. Until next time. Thank you for listening to the Private Practice Academy podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please head across and subscribe and leave me a review. That would mean the world to me. Also, feel free to come and hang out with me on Instagram at Kirsten Anderson Ridge.